Good morning. This is Alan Carroll at Carroll Pharmacy in Smithfield, and we are proud to bring you Hope for Today, a program we hope might help you, inspire you, or encourage you and give you hope for today. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. The Lord our God has shown us his glory. How will God's glory be manifested to fallen creatures like us? Our eye is not single. We always have a side glance towards our own honor, have too high an opinion of our own powers, and so are not qualified to behold the Lord's glory. It's clear, then, that self must stand out of the way so there is room for God to be exalted. This is why he often brings his people into needs and difficulties. Being made conscious of their own foolishness and weakness, they will be able to see the majesty of God when he comes to work their deliverance. Those whose lives are an even and smooth path will see little of the glory of the Lord, for they have few occasions of self-emptying and so little fitness for being filled with the revelation of God. Among the trials of bereavement, poverty, temptation, and reproach, we learn the power of Jehovah because we feel the littleness of ourselves. Thank God, then, if you have been led by a rough road. It's this that has given you your experience of God's greatness and loving kindness. Your troubles have enriched you with a wealth of knowledge that is gained by no other means. Your trials have been the cleft of the rock in which Jehovah has set you, that you might behold his glory as it passed by. Praise God that you have not been left in the darkness and ignorance that continued prosperity might have involved. In the great fight of affliction, you have been qualified for the manifestations of his glory in his wonderful dealings with you. Welcome back to another edition of Hope for Today. I've just read for you from the morning-by-morning devotional by Charles Spurgeon, the July 19th reading. Today I am going to talk about storms in life, since it seems that storms are in our lives, and often on a fairly regular basis. What storm are you facing today? A broken marriage, a lost job, a child who is addicted to alcohol or drugs, an automobile accident that has left your child or another loved one paralyzed or dead, a diagnosis of cancer or some other medical condition that will change your life and may even end your life, a spouse who has passed away, a loved one in prison, a son who has now become a daughter, a child who has died a move into a nursing home. There are so many different kinds of storms that we face. I heard someone say one time that you will face a crisis about every two weeks. Now it appears to me that some people are not getting their fair share of crises, while others seem to have one crisis on top of another. What can you do when you or someone you know is going through a storm? One time I heard someone say, What do you really have that you can give someone that will help them except a word from the Lord? So today, I want to bring you a word from the Lord, a Bible study, excuse me, a Bible story about the time the disciples faced a storm and Jesus was nowhere in sight. That is the scene in Matthew chapter 14. Jesus has just performed a miracle. He started with only two fish and five loaves of bread. But when this food was blessed by God, it multiplied and fed between 10 and 15,000 people. I will begin reading with verse 22. Immediately after this, 
Jesus told his disciples to get into their boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he stayed to get the people started home. Then afterward, he went up into the hills to pray. Night fell, and out on the lake, the disciples were in trouble, for the wind had risen and they were fighting heavy seas. About four o'clock in the morning, Jesus came to them, walking on the water. They screamed in terror, for they thought he was a ghost. But Jesus immediately spoke to them, reassuring them. Don't be afraid, he said. Then Peter called to him, Sir, if it is really you, tell me to come over to you, walking on the water. All right, the Lord said, come along. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water toward Jesus. But when he looked around at the high waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Instantly, Jesus reached out his hand and rescued him. O man of little faith, Jesus said, why did you doubt me? And when they had climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. The others sat there, awestruck. You really are the Son of God, they exclaimed. Peter, please note that Jesus did not take them out of the storm, and he did not stop the storm, although he could have. He told them not to be afraid, and he climbed into the boat with them. I would like now to read you the notes from this passage from the Life Application Bible. Peter was not testing Jesus, something we are told not to do. Instead, he was the only one in the boat to react in faith. His impulsive request led him to experience a rather unusual demonstration of God's power. Peter started to sink because he took his eyes off Jesus and focused on the high waves around him. Then his faith wavered when he realized what he was doing. We may not walk on water, but we do walk through tough situations. If we focus on the waves of difficult circumstances around us without looking to Christ for help, we too may despair and sink. To maintain your faith in the midst of difficult situations, keep your eyes on Christ's power rather than on your inadequacies. Although we start out with good intentions, sometimes our faith falters. This doesn't necessarily mean we have failed. When Peter's faith faltered, he reached out to Christ, the only one who could help. He was afraid, but he still looked to Christ. When we are apprehensive about the troubles around us and doubt Christ's presence or ability to help, we must remember that he is the only one who can really help. Peter started looking around and thinking of himself and he knew he couldn't walk on top of water in all these high waves. Actually, he realized he couldn't walk on water, period. Peter became like the rest of us often are, scared and thinking, what is going on and what am I doing? I will drown if I fall down and I am sinking. We, like Peter, are thinking only about ourselves and our human abilities, taking our focus off the only one who can really help us the one who can keep us from sinking in a sea of despair or hopelessness or sorrow. But folks, it's not about you and me and our troubles. It is about Jesus, the only one who can keep us from sinking and save us and help us carry our burdens, whatever they are. And he is asking us to come to him and lay our burdens at his feet, and he will help us carry them. I was talking to someone recently who has had many trials in her life and she was feeling overwhelmed with her burdens. 
Being a woman of faith, she cried out to God, telling him she was at the end of her rope and ready to let go. About 30 minutes later, an answer to prayer came from a very unexpected source, her ex-husband. He had heard about her most pressing problem from their daughter and had bought something to solve the problem. Everyone listening has one thing in common. We all go through storms in our lives. We are either in one right now or have just come through one. And as you well know, there is no doubt another storm out there just waiting to start. We just don't know when it will hit us. But I have good news for you today. Jesus told the disciples to expect trouble, that in this world they would face trials and tribulations, but to be of good cheer, because he has overcome the world. When the disciples were in the boat being whipped about by the wind and waves and were so scared and upset that when they saw Jesus, they screamed in terror. And then Jesus spoke and said, don't be afraid. He did not take them out of the storm. He came to them and got in the boat with them and the storm passed. Now, when you are in your storm, many times you have no idea how it will end and you may be scared and in despair. This is where faith comes in. And I have no idea what atheists do when they run into storms since they don't believe in God and don't pray to him. But for those of us who do believe in God and trust in Jesus, we do feel his presence with us. And instead of fear about the storm, we have faith that Jesus will give us the strength we need to ride out the storm and he will be with us during the storm and we will come out on the other side still believing in a God that promised to be with us always even to the end of the world. I don't know where you are in your faith journey, but God can give you strength as well. If you do not have a relationship with him, I suggest that you work on that. You need to start reading your Bible if you have one. And if you don't have one and you can afford it, buy one. The more you read about God and how much he loves you, and as you read about his son, Jesus Christ, and how much he loves you and forgives your sins, it will encourage and strengthen you in whatever you are facing today. If you aren't praying every day, you need to work on that as well. Obedience to God will bring blessings in your life, and reading the Bible and praying are part of being obedient. The blessings will include, but are not limited to, peace of mind and strength and courage to face each day knowing God is with you. Memorize Isaiah 26.3. He will keep in perfect peace all those who trust in him, whose thoughts turn often to the Lord. We need to have Jesus in our boat when we are sailing along, so that when we encounter the inevitable storms, we will have the peace, strength, and comfort that only he can bring us. So that is what we need to go after and seek, Jesus. So if you do have a Bible, that's why it is so important that you read it. You will find God speaking all through the Bible and you will find Jesus telling us what to do and showing us by his example how we should live. Sometimes when we see people going through trials, we wonder how in the world they are getting through them. When they appear to have strength and faith that seem almost impossible, they are probably people who spend time in the Word of God and they are reading their Bible and praying on a nearly daily basis. This enables them to build a strong relationship with the Lord and with Jesus Christ that will see them through the times when difficulties and crises crop up in their lives. 
So if you have a Bible and don't use it, I encourage you to get it out and dust it off and start reading it. If you want wisdom, I suggest you read a chapter of Proverbs every day. If you seek comfort and strength and guidance for all sorts of issues, I suggest you read the Psalms. I read a suggestion one time to read one chapter of Proverbs and three Psalms each day, and for a few months I did this one year. And, and, and remember the verses in Romans I have told you about that Dr. Albert Schweitzer read every day? Romans 12, 9 through 21. Well, I'm going to read those for you right now. Don't just pretend that you love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Stand on the side of the good. Love each other with brotherly affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy in your work, but serve the Lord enthusiastically. Be glad for all God is planning for you. Be patient in trouble and prayerful always. When God's children are in need, you be the one to help them out and get into the habit of inviting guests home for dinner or if they need lodging for the night. If someone mistreats you because you are a Christian, don't curse him. Pray that God will bless him. When others are happy, be happy with them. If they are sad, share their sorrow. Work happily together. Don't try to act big. Don't try to get into the good graces of important people. But enjoy the company of ordinary folks. And don't think you know it all. Never pay back evil for evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honest clear through. Don't quarrel with anyone. Be at peace with everyone just as much as possible. Dear friends, never avenge yourselves. Leave that to God, for he has said that he will repay those who deserve it. Don't take the law into your own hands. Instead, feed your enemy if he is hungry. If he is thirsty, Give him something to drink, and you will be heaping coals of fire on his head. In other words, he will feel ashamed of himself for what he has done to you. Don't let evil get the upper hand, but conquer evil by doing good. These verses tell us how to be like Jesus Christ. Now, of course, we will never be perfect like him, but the closer we get to him and his Father, the better equipped we will be to handle the storms that are certain to come into our lives. I'd like now to read to you from August 22nd devotional, Hope for Each Day, by Billy Graham. The title of his devotional was The Reality of Heaven, God Will Wipe Away Every Tear from Their Eyes, Revelation 7:17. In the midst of his suffering, Job said, Man is born to trouble as surely as sparks fly upward. It is true. I have never met a person who did not have troubles of some kind. Fear and sickness rob us of happiness. Broken relationships and shattered dreams destroy our peace. But one of God's greatest promises is that all of these will be forgotten in heaven, where there shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. And that's from Revelation 21.4. This is the supreme reality of heaven. With this great certainty and assurance, the future holds no terrors we cannot face. Beyond the crisis lies heaven. Thus, the Christian should never be feared, filled with fear, discouragement, or despondency. Ahead of us is heaven. And now I'd like to read, read to you from Oswald Chambers' devotional book, My Utmost, from His Highest. 
I'm going to read for you the August 26th passage. Are you severely troubled right now? Are you afraid and confused by the waves and the turbulence God sovereignly allows to enter your life? Have you left no stone of your faith unturned, yet still not found any well of peace, joy, or comfort? Does your life seem completely barren to you? Then look up and receive the quiet contentment of the Lord Jesus. Reflecting his peace is proof that you are right with God because you are exhibiting the freedom to turn your mind to him. If you are not right with God, you can never turn your mind anywhere but on yourself. Allowing anything to hide the face of Jesus Christ from you either causes you to become troubled or gives you a false sense of security. With regard to the problem that is pressing in on you right now, are you looking unto Jesus and receiving peace from him? If so, he will be a gracious blessing of peace exhibited in and through you. But if you only try to worry your way out of the problem, you destroy his effectiveness in you, and you deserve whatever you get. We become troubled because we have not been taking him into account. When a person confers with Jesus Christ, the confusion stops because there is no confusion in him. Lay everything out before him, and when you are faced with difficulty, bereavement, and sorrow, listen to him say, let not your heart be troubled. And then the last thing I'd like to read here is from Morning My Morning Devotional by Charles Spurgeon, and this is the March 4th reading. And the verse he uses here is, My grace is sufficient for you from 2 Corinthians 12, 9. If none of God's saints were poor and tried, we wouldn't know half so well the consolations of divine grace. When we find a homeless wanderer with nowhere to stay who still trusts in the Lord, when we see a destitute person going hungry who still glories in Jesus, or when we see a bereaved widow overwhelmed in affliction who still has faith in Christ, oh, what honor it gives to the gospel. God's grace is illustrated and magnified in the afflictions and trials of believers. Saints bear up under every discouragement, believing that all things work together for their good. They believe that out of apparent evils, a real blessing will ultimately spring, that their God will either work a deliverance for them speedily or most assuredly support them in it. This patience of the saints proves the power of divine grace. When everything is calm, I can't tell how strong a house is built. A storm must rage and beat against it before I'll know its strength. So it is with the Spirit's work. If it wasn't on many occasions surrounded by a storm, we wouldn't know that it was true and strong. If the winds didn't blow upon it, we wouldn't know how firm and secure it was. The masterworks of God are those saints who stand steadfast and unmovable in the midst of difficulties. Those who would glorify God must expect many trials. There are no great victories without great battles. So if your life is full of trials, rejoice because you will all the more experience the all-sufficient grace and power of the Lord. I used to read a book daily several years ago, and I read it for several years, and I don't remember so much about it now, but I remember three things. Number one, the title of the book was God Calling. And number two, in one passage it said that when you have a crisis to get on your knees and pray to God, and I have done that many times. And number three, 
The gist of this passage was that reading God's word and praying to him are like making deposits into a bank. If you deposit money into a bank on a regular basis, you will be able to make withdrawals when you need to, sometimes even large amounts. The analogy was that if you read God's word on a daily basis, you are making deposits into your bank of faith and trust in God. And so, that is why you see some people that have a tremendous amount of strength when going through some crisis, and it seems almost unbelievable. I remember many years ago when a young woman in this county died suddenly in a car accident. I was not at her house that night when people gathered to mourn her passing, but I knew someone who was there. She told me that when the girl's father got there, he asked everyone to bow their heads and he prayed, thanking God for his daughter's life. Now you might ask, how does someone have faith and strength at a time like that when their heart is broken? And I can tell you that they don't just wake up one day with it. They have been making deposits all along the way of their faith journey so that in the time of this most severe crisis and test of their faith, they trust God and his son to be with them and to sustain them. And as he promised, he will be with them. If you want Jesus Christ in your boat when the storms of life assail you, reach out to him every day and invite him to be with you. God is pleased when his children call on him. Call out to God, read his word, pray and seek him. We are all going through our different storms. He knows who his children are because they have a relationship with him and they are listening to him and they are looking for him every day. If the Bible was condensed to only one verse, John 3.16 is the one that lets us know how much God loves us and what he has done for us. In John 3.16, Jesus says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. If you are depending on anyone or anything in this world to help you, you will be disappointed. Your children, your parents, your close friends may disappoint you. There is only one who will never disappoint you, and that is Jesus Christ, because he died for you and his Father created you. Reading his word or listening to it read will bring you peace, comfort, and strength that only he can give you. Claim his promises and abide in his peace now and for all eternity. John 14, 1 through 4, Jesus says, Don't let your heart be troubled. You are trusting God. Now trust in me. There are many homes up there where my father lives, and I am going to prepare them for your coming. When everything is ready, then I will come and get you so that you can always be with me where I am. If this weren't so, I would tell you plainly. And you know where I am going and how to get there. And that's the end of John 14, 1 through 4. And I, Terry Carroll, am going to tell you what gives me renewed hope. Thomas, one of the twelve disciples, who had been with Jesus daily for three years, then says to Jesus, We haven't any idea where you are going, so how can we know the way? And Jesus tells Thomas, just like he is telling you and me today in verse 6, I am the way, yes, and the truth and the life. No one can get to the Father except by means of me. So if you're trying to get to heaven any other way than by belief in Jesus Christ, I believe you are in serious trouble 
and headed somewhere you really don't want to go. If you want to go to heaven, the Bible will point you in the right direction. If you are headed for hell, you are on your own. I would like to read a paragraph from Randy Alcorn's book, 90 Days of God's Goodness. He cited these words by J.C. Ryle. There is nothing which shows our ignorance so much as our impatience under trouble. We forget that every cross is a message from God and intended to do us good in the end. Trials are intended to make us think, to wean us from the world, to send us to the Bible, to drive us to our knees. Health is a good thing, but sickness is far better if it leads us to God. Prosperity is a great mercy, but adversity is a greater one if it brings us to Christ. Anything, anything is better than living in carelessness and dying in sin. And there is hope for you even if you don't have a Bible and you can't read due to your age or condition. Remember the thieves on the cross who were being crucified on either side of Jesus? One thief believed in Jesus, and Jesus assured him he would be with him in his kingdom. Romans 10.13 says, Anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Anyone. Are you out there listening today? If you are not sure of your salvation and where you will spend eternity, please call upon the name of the Lord right now, and he will save even you. In Isaiah 26.19a, Yet we have this assurance, those who belong to God shall live again. The closing hymn today was written by a man who lost all his children in a storm on the ocean. His name was Horatio Spafford. His very familiar hymn is titled, It Is Well With My Soul. Thank you for listening. When peace like a river
to Hope for Today, brought to you each Sunday morning by Carol Pharmacy. We hope the message today has helped and encouraged you. If we can ever help you with your prescriptions, over-the-counter medications, or vaccines, we hope you will come in to our family-owned and operated independent pharmacy, where outstanding customer service is our goal. 